Woke up quick at about noon. Hope you're doing well out there. Appreciate you tuning in here to the Tuesday, April 21st edition of the podcast with Damian Barling, presented by Vibe Health Bar, who are helping out our local healthcare workers. You can check the link here in the description of this podcast. You can check out our GoFundMe page. You can even uh, head over to Vibe Health Bar. If you're still uh, grabbing your juices and your smoothies and your uh, acai bowls and your sandwich packs and all of that different stuff, uh, you could buy a couple of extra and we'll send those over to our healthcare workers over at UC Davis, Sutter, and a variety of other places. Again, the link and all of the details are here in the description of this podcast. Appreciate everybody uh, who tuning in through iTunes, Apple Podcast, uh, Spotify, Radio.com, wherever you at. I feel like I haven't thanked you enough recently, so I'm going to thank you again. I appreciate you being here. Uh, follow up on a couple of things we touched on yesterday before we dig into today's <clears throat> News. It's so difficult to term use the term news now because there, there really just isn't much. There's rumors, and then there's a bunch of crap, and most of the crap pertains to the NFL and the NFL draft because, remember, you can't believe anything until it is fully executed on Thursday or Friday or Saturday or Sunday, depending on the rumors. Uh, I did want to touch on uh, one thing because it did come up uh, in the show yesterday as we were wrapping things up. We were looking for what the ratings might have been. Uh, for The Last Dance, the first two episodes of the documentary about the 97-98 Chicago Bulls. And it did it did as well as you would have guessed it did. Uh, 6.1 million viewers across ESPN and ESPN2. Uh, 6.3, that's what it averaged. 6.3 million for the first hour and 5.8 million for the second hour. Uh, I actually didn't know this until I read this. Uh, ratings recap here today. I didn't realize there was a version on ESPN2 that had the uh, colorful language edited out. Uh, I, I, I had no idea that was a thing, and it looked like quite a few people did it. Uh, fi- quite a few people watched it. Uh, a million people uh, watched the first episode, and 800,000 people watched the second episode on ESPN2 with the uh, with the clean language. And the replays... The replays were monsters, man. The one replay that aired at 10 p.m. our time did 903,000 viewers. The hour number two, so that would have been, what, 10, 11 p.m. our time, did 685,000. So folks were tuning in to watch The Last Dance. It's the highest rated uh, original programming from ESPN ever. And again, I had no idea until I read this. I, I vaguely remember seeing it weeks ago, maybe months ago. I'm, I, I'm not really sure, but I remember being surprised by it then. I'm seeing it here a second time and, and still surprised by it. The highest rated original programming, not a game or anything like that, but original programming from ESPN, you might think it was uh, at least one of the episodes of OJ Made in America. It was not. It was... You Don't Know Bo, the 30 for 30 documentary on Bo Jackson that aired, uh, I think it was after a Heisman Trophy presentation. I can't remember the year, but it, but that's when it, it was after a Heisman Trophy presentation. Uh, 3.6 million people uh, tuned in to see that. 3.4 million people tuned in to see uh, OJ Made in America, and that was on ABC. And again, 6.1 million average of 6.1 million people tuned in to watch uh, The Last Dance. Now, we'll see if that 
excitement carries over uh, into week number two. We'll see how that excitement carries over uh, over the course of the next four weeks. Top markets, not surprisingly, uh, Chicago, uh, Raleigh-Durham, Norfolk, Charlotte, and Greensboro, North Carolina. Really kind of uh, leading the pack here as it comes to watching this documentary. I enjoyed it. I had fun. I had told you yesterday I was going to try to take uh, part of my day to watch um, Come Fly With Me. For some reason, I just, after that first, uh, the, those first two hours, I really had the urge to watch Come Fly With Me. I didn't get around to it because I was writing the second episode of that new wrestling podcast I was telling you about. And I wound up writing like seven or eight pages yesterday and just kind of got in a zone and never, never got to... Uh, never got to watch it, but uh, hopefully today here at some point is I'm going to try to wrap up the writing uh, for episode number two of that that uh, yet-to-be-revealed wrestling podcast I'm working on. Um, I'm going to try to make some time to watch some of those older Jordan videos, but part of me is like, man, I don't know, I don't know if I want to watch them right now because I don't want them to take away... I don't want them to take away uh, from from the enjoyment that I had uh, seeing some of these old clips for, for the first time in a very, very uh, long time. And I can't... Where did we leave off? We I, I remember Boston. I can't remember where we left off at the end of episode number two. Like, what, what might be next? Now, it's also important to note, the next ten episodes aren't necessarily going to be what we saw in the first two. I should say the next eight, eight episodes aren't going to be necessarily like what we... I saw in the first two, because if I understand it correctly, uh, we're going to get backstories on Scottie Pippen. Uh, we're going to get backstories on Dennis Rodman. So every episode isn't going to be, you know, episodes one and two very much felt like a like a Michael Jordan documentary. And as, as we wrapped up, if I remember right, uh, Scottie Pippen joined the team, Horace Grant joined the team, and then we got the you know, the the drama around Scottie Pippen's contract and the trade request, which leads me to believe that episode number three might be the Scottie Pippen episode where we get more of a backstory on Scottie Pippen. Um, but that all that all remains to be seen. We'll be we'll be sitting down uh, and watching it together. Uh, another thing that we noted yesterday, the NFL held a virtual mock draft and man. Those general managers and coaches and scouts who were all up in their feelings about the NFL not postponing this draft, uh, they were quick to contact all of their friends in the media and tell them what a disaster this virtual mock draft was and how it's setting up for Thursday to be an absolute failure. Now, by all accounts, that's not even remotely close to what happened. Again, it's 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 easy. What's our favorite game here? Here, or Maybe it's not yours, but it's mine. What's my favorite game? Guess the source. Well, I can't narrow down as to who. I don't think there was one individual texting a variety of reporters that the virtual mock draft opened up with a glitch when the Cincinnati Bengals were trying to make their selection. However, it's easy to figure out who it wasn't. We know it wasn't Bruce Arians because he's talked openly. Hey, if we want to do the draft, we can do it tomorrow. We know it's not Jerry Jones because Jerry Jones sure as hell isn't passing up any opportunity to make money. And he's not even going to delay an opportunity to make money. He's not even going to delay an opportunity to have the NFL at the forefront of the world, which is what's going to happen on Thursday. The sports world, I guess. So you could start to kind of pick apart 
Bill Belichick doesn't even care enough about any of this. You could start to realize it's these bad general managers and these bad teams with these bad scouting departments who are already upset, anonymous, anonymously, of course. They, they didn't come out and say that they were upset. They told a reporter that they were upset while also telling the reporter to not use their name. Then you get all these headlines like, I, I woke up to you know, some SB Nation article that says, oh, the, the mock draft was a total disaster. Like, no, nah, it wasn't. Like, the opening started out poorly. Whatever that this is. By the way, glitches are why you have mock drafts. Glitches are why you have run-throughs. Glitches are why you go through these practices. It's to work out the problem so that way when Thursday comes around, these problems aren't around. But again, there are so many within the NFL community, or maybe not so many. There were at least a vocal handful, anonymous vocal handful, but a vocal handful nonetheless that were upset the draft was even taking place, saying it's unfair that they can't perform uh, physicals and they can't meet with players and Video conferences aren't the same and blah, blah, blah. And you know it's only a matter of time before uh, a poor general manager, I don't know, say Bill O'Brien says they missed on someone because, well, we didn't get to interview him. Well, we were concerned, you know, or we didn't get to uh, 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 conduct our physicals. Now, that's going to be that's that's going to be the company line with Tua Tonga-Vailoa. Because anyone who is talking about Tua is talking about his injury history in, in college and I'm I'm not suggesting that anyone should ignore that. I'm not suggesting that a team or or, or a scout or or a general manager or anybody should ignore his injury history at Alabama. But what's going to happen is every team, with the exception of Cincinnati, because you know Joe Burrow's had a a pretty phenomenal season, and I think that's that's, that's I don't think it's a hot take to say he's he's the one who's going for, first. Joe Burrow's going to the Cincinnati Bengals. While Washington is telling everybody that they're open for business, what they're saying is there are a couple other quarterbacks out there, whether it's Justin Herbert or it's Tua Tagovailoa, you might have to because you don't know what Detroit's going to do. That's essentially what Washington is saying. You don't know what Detroit's going to do there at number three. So if you want Herbert or you want Tua Tagovailoa or you want to control the quarterback market, y'all might want to come up here to number two. Y'all might want to come see me. And I can't imagine that, because I don't think Detroit's taking a quarterback. There would be no one on the planet happier than the Detroit Lions if someone moved up to number two to draft a quarterback. Because then, much like what happened with Joey Bosa, and if I remember correctly, the same exact thing happened with Nick Bosa. Those two guys would have been the number one overall pick in their drafts. Teams wanted to get their quarterbacks. Teams jumped up to get their quarterbacks. And that, that Chase Young, I mean, Chase Young was the number one overall pick in the draft until LSU didn't slow down. Now all of a sudden, like, oh, LSU hasn't hit the brakes on this thing, man. They're going to, they are going to run through this college football season. Now that doesn't, that doesn't, uh, amplify what Joe Burrow did. Everybody knew Joe Burrow was having a real... I take that back. It does amplify what Joe Burrow did because everybody knew he was having a really good season. But when LSU stopped losing, when the inevitable loss to Alabama didn't come, it was like, oh, oh, this dude, this dude's having a record-setting season and he's winning big games? Okay, okay. 
Okay. Because it was Chase Young all year. And then, then it was Joe Burrow. And, hey, again, fine with that. Completely fine with that. But if someone jumps up to Washington, and I don't think that's going to happen. Because the the price to pay for Justin Herbert, who might go five or six, price to pay is too high. Or, or, or to a tongue of it's, it's too high to get all the way up to number two. And if you're Washington, you're losing out on Chase Young. I know you're accumulating a number of draft picks, but it's not like Washington has a stellar draft history. Not only does Washington not have a stellar draft history, they don't exactly have a stellar history of, I don't know, developing the players they drafted. Hi, Dwayne Haskins. And I'm still, I'm going to, I am going to ride that. Uh, line until he's out of Washington. I'm going to ride that line until he's out of the league. I believe Dwayne Haskins is going to be a good quarterback in the NFL. And I'm going to say that until he's out of the league. And I'm going to use the line. He's on the, he's on Washington. That's why he stinks. And if he goes to another bad team, I'm going to blame that team. I'm going to blame everybody except Dwayne Haskins until Dwayne Haskins is out of the league. Then I'll blame him. And last year, Last year was pretty bad. It was bad for Washington, and it was bad for Dwayne Haskins. I told you when he was drafted, I thought they were going to ruin his career, or ruin his opportunity at a career. And so far, uh, they have done just that. So Washington's saying, hey, we're open for business here if you want to move here, up here to number two and grab Tua Tonga-Vailo or Justin Herbert. Well, all right. Because you're only moving up to number two if you're drafting a quarterback. I don't think anybody, which is amazing. No one's trading up to get Chase Young, which which I, I find incredible. If, if, if Washington is really open for business, why wouldn't a team move up to draft Chase Young? Maybe it's, is it, and you know, we talked about, you know, the positions in the NFL where the closer you get to the quarterback, the more important you are. Like you're, it, it, obviously, it starts with the quarterback. Then you got to protect the quarterback. And then it's the guy chasing the quarterback. I feel like guys don't move up to draft, draft edge rushers like Chase Young. As great as I think he is. So Washington has announced they're open for business. And now you've just got to kind of look around and figure out, okay. The question for me is, and you know we've talked about this on a number of occasions as it pertains to Tuatonga Vailoa. The definitive question that general managers and scouts and t- coaches and, and, and these you know teams will have to ask themselves in their war room and they'll have to ask each other now is, is it a bigger risk to draft Tua Tonga-Vailoa or to pass on Tua Tonga-Vailoa? Which is the greater risk? Because the teams that pass on them, let's, let's say, for example, I don't know, Washington, because this is a very Washington type thing. Let's say Washington passes on him. And then just for fun, to make their argument complete, let's say Miami passes on him and the Chargers draft him at number six. Okay, let's say all of that's done. Oh, well, damn it. You know, source close to the Washington team said they really wanted to draft Tua Tonga Vailoa, but when their doctor couldn't see him, Man, they were uncomfortable. They they just didn't feel like without the medicals there and having their team doctors there that, uh, yeah. Oh, you know, Miami really wanted to take Tua Tonga-Vailoa, but without that in-person physical, man, it's just, boy, this quarantine ruined everything. These stay-at-home orders, man, this coronavirus just destroyed our franchise for a decade. <sighs> you know what's going to happen? 
you absolutely know it's going to happen. And then you read, you know, different things. Okay, two of, you know, he, you know, he, Detroit's a possibility, not likely, but really we're talking about Miami and we're talking about Los Angeles, meaning the Chargers. Who, I guess every team has used this uh, quarantine time to make new jerseys. Because everybody, like uh, the Chargers unveiled new jerseys this morning. Uh, Indianapolis has unveiled new jerseys. Uh, I feel like team after team after team has unveiled some form of, you know, Tampa Bay. That's, it's a new image that Tampa Bay's got going here. They've, they've got, they got a new jersey, uh, jerseys that they unveiled. Okay. Uh, anyways, that, 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 that wasn't the point. So, you know, the Chargers, if the Chargers don't take to it, it's six. And then all of a sudden, Carolina's got their quarterback, Arizona. You think that Jacksonville has their quarterback. And you start to trickle all the way down. And there you have, at number 23, Nick Saban's buddy, Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. There were conspiracy theories that perhaps Nick Saban is uh, staying quiet regarding Tua Tonga-Vailoa in hopes that teams like Los Angeles would pass on him, in hopes that teams like the Miami Dolphins would pass on him, and perhaps it would be the New England Patriots who are able to land him at 23. I've seen in a variety of mock drafts uh, Jordan Love being a pick for the New England Patriots. So there are people within these mock draft circles, if you will, that have the Patriots taking a quarterback. Well, what if they find a way to get Nick Saban's quarterback to get to a Tonga Vailoa? I don't, I don't, it's, again, it's, you know, Miami has a second pick in here. Like Miami's drafting at 15 as well. Um, and what is Los Angeles going to do? Like, I'm, I'm like with, with, with the, the 49ers trading, you know, towards the top of the draft with that, uh, DeForest Buckner trade last month that we talked about yesterday, you know, the Raiders and the 49ers pick back to back. And I have seen wide receivers going in both of those categories on, uh, a couple of, a couple of different mock drafts. I've seen, uh, the Raiders, uh, drafting the wide receiver from Oklahoma, uh, CD Lamb. I've seen the 49ers drafting CD Lamb. I've seen the 49ers uh, drafting Henry Ruggs. Uh, I've seen the 49ers drafting Henry Jude. I've seen I've seen a variety of combina- combinations that involved uh, Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs from Alabama and CD Lamb from Oklahoma going in in some way, shape, or form to Las Vegas or San Francisco. And in some of those mock drafts, as a matter of fact, in two of the mock drafts I have in front of me, uh, whether it's Judy Lamb or Ruggs, the team that gets the wide receiver that doesn't go to the 49ers or the Raiders, they actually go to the Jets at 11. So there's a, a string there in the middle of the first round where it looks like a bunch of wide receivers are going to be going, or a bunch, three wide receivers are going to be going, uh, two of them, those studs from Alabama. But is Las Vegas really going with the wide receiver? If you're a Raider fan, would you be willing to bet an uncomfortable, uh, bet an amount of money, whatever the dollar figure is, would you be willing to bet an amount of money that it doesn't kill you if you lose, but it does make you a little uncomfortable? 
Would you be willing to bet that amount of money that Las Vegas isn't drafting a quarterback? That if Tua Tonga-Vailoa isn't there at number 12, that they wouldn't take him? Or for some reason, and I can't envision this scenario because he doesn't have the same injury concerns that Tua has, but just play along with the with the game. What if Justin Herbert was there at 13? Again, I can't envision a, a, a scenario where he would be, but just play along. Would you be confident that Las Vegas, even with the and, – and let's take all of those scenarios out. Would you be comfortable not knowing the draft, uh, uh, not, not knowing who goes where, how many quarterbacks are available at number 13? Just right now, today, Tuesday, April 21st, would you bet an amount of money that makes you uncomfortable to lose that John Gruden wouldn't draft a quarterback at number 12? When's the cut day for uh, Derek Carr? I don't think it's past yet. Isn't it in, is it, is it in, in June? Let's do that old Google while we're doing the show thing. I think it's in June. I know it, what, what, what always fascinates me about NFL contracts, and I, and I, I think this is the case maybe with certain um, NBA contracts, is there, you know, they're, they're like guaranteed dates are always different. Like it's, there are some where, oh, it's guaranteed on the, you know, third day of the league year. Or, well, the, we, we know when the league year is, so we know when the third day is. So, well, that's easy. And then others, it's, well, it's not guaranteed until blah, 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 blah. Let's see. 2.9 of 2020 salary fully guaranteed on the third waiver period. That's February 5th. That's come and gone. Huh. 3.2 fully guaranteed on injuries. 218 guaranteed. 217.18. What do we got here for 2020. I don't see the day that it goes into effect, but the base salary is 18.9. He gets the two and a half uh, signing bonus. Obviously, he got that $100,000 workout. Cap hit for the Las Vegas Raiders with Derek Carr is $21.5 million. Um, good for about $19 million this year. Accounting the workout bonus, he obviously already got the signing bonus for this year, but nineteen million, and I just I don't see the day that it goes uh, into guaranteed money. So maybe it already has nineteen point nine two thousand nineteen salary fully guarantees. Oh, that was last year. Oh, good luck to Derek Carr surviving the weekend, though. I think Derek Carr is a a good dude. I just. Uh, John John Gruden, who uh, showed up at a, a virtual class at the University of Tennessee on Zoom, which was fun to read about, trying to figure out uh, how it works. I enjoyed reading that this morning. But uh, we all know he loves quarterbacks. And I think the one quarterback he doesn't love is the one that he has. And the quarterback that he has is Derek Carr. So, would you take the bet? I'm serious. 13, whether you've read wide receivers, you could have read a variety of other positions. Would you bet an uncomfortable amount of money that, 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 that the Raiders aren't taking a quarterback right there? I wouldn't. I absolutely 
wouldn't. By the way, for uh, the Nick Saban uh, Patriots conspiracy theory people, uh, Nick Saban has made it very, very clear. If you pass on Tua Tonga Vailoa, you're going to regret it. He even went so far as to say, you pass on Tua Tonga Vailoa, you're going to regret it in the same way that I passed on signing Drew Brees when he was a free agent. It was Miami and it was New Orleans. And Drew Brees, uh, I, I guess he failed a physical in Miami. And he went on to, well, he's gone on to do some okay things there in New Orleans. But that's how, that's how far Nick Saban went with this. You're going to regret passing on Tua Tonga-Vailoa in the same exact manner that I regret uh, allowing us to pass, us being the Miami Dolphins, to pass on uh, Drew Brees when he was the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Uh, just rolling through a couple of things. Oh, Trent Williams, speaking of that number two overall pick uh, with Washington, Trent Williams is still a member of that organization and how he hasn't been moved, how the players association hasn't stepped in to, you know, allow two entities that, uh, yeah, I think Trent Williams has done a pretty good job of not completely trashing, uh, the, the Washington team though. He, he, he's come out and he, he had his say they've got to get him. They've got to get him out of there. It would be in Washington's best interest to get him out of there. But of course they're Washington, so you know, who knows? Accuracy is another term that you're gonna hear a lot about over the course of the next few days. The accuracy of Joe Burrow, the accuracy of Justin Herbert, and perhaps uh outside of injury concerns, the biggest concern regarding uh, Tua Tonga-Vailoa is his accuracy. I vaguely remember this conversation. I feel like we just had this conversation a couple years ago. Let me sit back and think. An accuracy concern with a quarterback. Who was... Oh, that's right. It's the guy who won the MVP last year. I forgot the guy who won the NFL MVP last year, there was a severe concern about his accuracy. Man, it's a shame that that didn't work out better for Lamar Jackson. There's a heavy dose of sarcasm here uh, on this Tuesday. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, apparently Tom Brady was working out in a park yesterday in Tampa. Uh, for those who are unaware... Tom Brady owns a, oh, sorry, that's not true. Let me rephrase that. Scratch that. You know I won't edit it, but just scratch that from the record. Tom Brady is renting a 300 uh, or, or a 30,000 foot house that belongs to uh, Derek Jeter. Uh, apparently, along with that 30,000 foot, there's no backyard or anywhere that Tom Brady can get a workout in. So we went to a park. The problem with going to a park in Tampa and really the problem with going to a park at most places in America right now is they're closed and they're they're not supposed to be occupied, not even by the greatest quarterback of all time. Apparently, uh, one of the city workers had to approach the man who was Tom Brady and say, hey, excuse me, sir, we're sorry, the park is closed. You're going to have to leave. And it was at that point that the person realized, oh, it was Tom Brady. Of course, that city employee ran to tell the mayor and the mayor threw it in their news conference like, hey, Tom, sorry, uh, the parks will be 
hopefully open soon, but right now we need you to stay at home and blah, 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 blah. And can we just get Tom Brady a, a workout partner? Or can, can we get Derek Jeter to build a backyard in his 30,000-foot house so Tom Brady can get a workout in? Oh, I can't wait for Tampa to struggle this year. Man, if, the, if, if Tampa had just opened up the public park so Tom Brady could get a workout in. Uh, Alex Rodriguez and Jennifer Lopez apparently are heading up a group to purchase the New York Mets. Now, it's difficult to know whether this should be taken seriously or not because uh, the combined worth of the two is a shade, uh, not a shade, they're, they're at about $750 million, so they're, they're well under a billion dollars, while the current bid to buy 80% of the New York Mets is $2.6 billion dollars. Uh, so uh, J-Lo and A-Rod would have to come up with uh, a number of, or at least one major, major uh, significant financial backer for this to even be uh, even remotely real. Uh, right now, it, it, it doesn't feel real, but that's part of what this all is, right? It's putting together a team. There are very few individual owners. There are very few uh, individuals who buy sports teams anymore. It's usually a, uh, a a person who purchases the majority. I think that Steve, and I'm trying to think in, in recent memory, someone who purchased a, you know, a sports team. Is Steve Ballmer like the only, like he just, how much is it? 2.6, cool, cut it. And it was more than two. I don't remember what the cost of the Clippers were, but he just, just like wrote a check and was like, all right. Cool, or send a wire transfer or whatever you do in these types of situations. Like his wasn't like a big, you know, the Dodgers was a big group. Like, oh, Magic Johnson, a part owner of the Dodgers. Yeah, it absolutely is, but it's really small part. But he's, you know, it's he's the face. He's the, he's the sexiness of the Dodgers organization. That's what Alex Rodriguez and Jennifer Lopez would be because they're not investing their $750 million net worth into the New York Mets. But the more money you make, the smarter you get with money. Well, that's that's not necessarily true. Once you get up into the range of $750 million, you're smart enough to know, you know what? Let's buy the Mets, but let's not buy them with our own money. Let's use someone else's money. All of these businesses that people start, I mean, you hear this term all the time. For those of you who have, uh, you know, you're entrepreneurs or you started your own business or you're self-employed, some people... Depending on the type of business, you 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 start the you you use your seed money. But in other cases, you know, if you've you've got some equity in in banks or you've got some, you know, equity with 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 major financial institutions, you you use their money. And then if it goes up, well, it's like, ah, damn it, it was a risk. You guys took it. We'll figure out what the payment terms of this are, but it's not gonna be hundred percent. It's not how this works. So what, what, how, how, again, how real this is, I, I don't know. It's fun. A-Rod and Jennifer Lopez owning a team, like, uh, that's fun. Who wants to own the Mets, though? Like, why would you want to own the Mets? I, I get it's New York, but it's still the Mets. The Mets feel they're not. I, I, I understand that they are not. But the Mets feel like they were below the Clippers. Again, I understand that they're not, but it feels like they like it, it's 
you know, the Yankees and the Lakers, and maybe it's because the Clippers have had this run where they've been really good and the Mets keep having runs where they're supposed to be good. But then something very New York Metish happens and they're not. We'll follow this. I don't know that it means anything, but I don't know. It's one of those quarantine stories that'll be gone when it's all over and no one will think about it. I so here here's another here's another uh, quarantine trend right now that is it's quite fun to watch. It's 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 fun to watch play out. Uh everybody is using IG Live now. Absolutely everybody. And I and, and it's incredible. We've seen we've seen great things like um D nice. Man, when D nice D nice started doing these uh like virtual parties. And he you know, he was DJ he DJed one night for like nine hours, and then people started getting wind of it and I remember I logged on that first, or logged on, oh, that's the right term. I went to Instagram on that first Saturday that he did it. And that was that was the night it exploded, and it got up to like 100. And, you know, I remember when it hit 100,000, how excited he was. And, it hit, you know, I think it ultimately went to like 105,000, 110,000 viewers. And it's clear that people were finding out, you know, whether it was word of mouth or people were – in by word of mouth, I mean like people were, you know, texting the link to each other or it was being posted on Twitter. People were just, you know, people who didn't follow D nice were finding out about it. And I think D nice went from, you know, that day I'll, I'll, I'll pull up how many uh, uh, followers he has right now, but that day, I think he started at like two or 300,000 followers. And now he's at, 2.1 million and a large chunk of them came on that first Saturday. That's when like Michelle Obama joined the chat. That's like, like everyone you can think of. It was like black Hollywood royalty that had jumped into uh, that, that, that Instagram live. And there was something about it. Like, wow, this feels, I remember as it was happening, like this feel like Bernie Sanders was there for God's sakes or whoever runs Bernie Sanders account. Joe Biden was in there. It was, it felt like a cultural event the first time he did it. And I, he's done a number of other ones since then. Uh, he's doing one tonight. Uh, I think tonight's the, uh, or today is the fourth anniversary of, of Prince's death. But that, that was pretty, like that felt important. Last night, and, and again, everybody is doing these Instagram live. Dwayne Wade did one with Carmelo Anthony, and they're cool. Like, they're, they're cool ways to interact. Rock does one uh, every week. He does these, like, Q&A sessions while he's drinking his Terramana. Like, it's cool. Like, I've, I've watched every single run of those rock Q&As. Like, I, I enjoy the hell out of them. Uh, Teddy Riley and Babyface did one last night. Uh, the only thing I didn't like about the Teddy Riley and Babyface one is... It was like it was Teddy Riley versus Babyface, who has you know the, the the bigger hits and all of the. But what they would do is they were just playing songs that they like. Okay, okay, you play uh, this song by Guy. Well, I'm gonna play this song by Tony Braxton. I wrote this song. You wrote that song. That's basically you know what it was. Is they each went back and forth with songs that they wrote or produced. And I'm like, yo, I could have done that. 
Yeah, I got Apple. I got Apple Music right here. I could have done that with one of my homeboys. We could have logged on. They had like five hundred thousand people watching them last night. What would have been better is if y'all like sang or and I get the difficulties in that because Teddy Riley, I think, has the worst Wi-Fi connection in in American history. But what would have been better is like, hey, maybe play us like a like an outtake of a song. Maybe play us something no one's ever heard before. But instead, they just kind of went back and forth with playing the hits that they wrote. It's like, yeah, that's cool. I could have done that. I have your whole music catalog right here, right in my phone. I don't need to be in a studio to do it. I got my phone right here. I got Apple Music. Y'all didn't do anything that was new. We could have played. You be babyface. I be Teddy Riley. We could have gone back and forth like that. They should have done more. And 500,000 people, including my dumb ass, were sitting around trying to watch it. You know what makes me dumber than anybody else is when I tried to log on the first time, I kept getting this, like, video. It was, like, frozen. Like, it's not working. Come back later. It's not working. Come back later. Finally, I went to my laptop and went to Instagram on my laptop and was able to to take a look at it that way. And then I saw what they were doing. I was like, oh, this is... I mean, I know we're bored, but Damn. At least with D-Nice, he's like playing music and he's mixing and he's kind of creating his own sound. Teddy Riley and Babyface, they just playing records back and forth. Oh, man, that was weak. It, it wasn't weak. Like, it, it was fun. Like, I love all of those songs that they were playing. But I could have done it. Y'all didn't do nothing new that night. But Instagram Live is like the new... I'm, I'm, I'm actually surprised. I just opened Instagram here as we were talking. I'm actually surprised no one I follow is doing an Instagram live right now because every time I open it, there's like seven uh, IG lives. Oh, man. Oh, while we're here, though, I see a ad for Sky Natural CBD. Uh, you guys should go to skynaturalcbd.com. Got up to 50% off if you use the promo code in the game. We've got 35% off of everything if you use the promo code in the game. That'll get you up to 50% off. So go take a look at that now, Sky Natural CBD. Dot com The link, just as the link for the GoFundMe page for Vibe Health Bar is in the description of this podcast. The link uh, for the Sky Naturals website is in the description of this podcast as well. appreciate y'all tuning in here uh, on this Tuesday. Hope you have a safe, uh, productive day, or at least as productive as it can be. You know how to connect with the show. Use Instagram. I'm getting... It's only a matter of time, man. I'm phasing Twitter out completely. I've been working on that for a long time. I don't get any I don't get any extra downloads when I post this show on Twitter. So uh, connect with me on Instagram, man. That's how you do it, at Damien Barling. Of course, you guys have got the phone number as well. And we'll be back here with more tomorrow on the podcast with Damien Barling.